Hello, welcome back to Wandering Into Wellness. Serious face, smiling face, <laughs> about to be very serious face. Today we're talking about Barbie, right? Such a bizarre thing to come on our podcast and talk about Barbie. It's not something that I ever thought that we would podcast on. But given the current climate and the fact that the Barbie movie just released and landed in cinemas, uh, it's kind of an important topic to address. The problem is that it's not just a Barbie movie, it's the Barbie movement. Mm. Like that's what's blown our minds to be frank. And we're going to be play haters here. We're going to be really spoil the party, no fun kind of guys and gals. Because something has just, I don't know, it's like a switch has flipped. And there are things that we all have come to understand about how corporations work, about how greenwashing works, about how all of the messaging that we receive in media is filtered via a, 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 a paradigm, a, a system of economic and political, you know, desires and, and global kind of like money markets and movement stuff that, and, and how it's all designed to essentially engage and enact consumerism and, and enhance our, well, essentially get us to put our conscience in the basket and to get us to buy more stuff, essentially, right? Mm. That, that that all just seems to, for some reason, we've all kind of lost our minds. We've got this like collective amnesia. And for both of us, the last four days have just been spent like reeling, like what's happening here, right? Yeah, it's like every single social media feed, mm. every single thing on Instagram is grown women. It's not kids, but it's grown women. Grown ass women. Grown ass women mm. dressing as Barbie. Mm. Um, and it's not, it's not diversity Barbie. Mm. They're dressing as stereotypical Barbie in the Barbie yeah. pink in the Barbie outfits and and happily all over social media dressing like that and then going to the Barbie movie and talking about it mm. and it's it's pretty universal it's like everyone it's Warner is. Brothers actually but you know close yeah. <laughs> like yeah so it, it does seem to be for some reason within like there is audience that we you know we're probably not speaking to here. There are audiences that are you know consuming media in a way that isn't discerning and I don't think necessarily that we hope to change their minds or to speak to them in a way that might, consider, might might encourage them to reflect on what they're doing. But there are people out there who we thought would would be role models, not Barbie, but would be real role models to encourage people to 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 practice living uh, in a conscious, authentic way in their lives, in in every version, every part of their life. Who people expose really difficult things about their their personality and their circumstances and how they are in the world, and how it's difficult to be a human, and how it's messy and and we get shit wrong. And yet these people, are we naming names. I mean, like there's a few big ones. Glennon Doyle, I think, is the the most surprising one you were telling me about this morning. Glennon Doyle, who wrote the book Untamed, that was essentially the most. Um, uh, like naked raw impression of motherhood of of of, of womanhood of, of of like a woman who was willing to put her her beliefs about what she could and couldn't do on the line and, and what she was willing to say essentially like how she had thoughts that were not socially acceptable and she said it all and published it all and it's very you know untamed and yet there she was going to the Barbie movie dressed up as Barbie, the full pink thing. And it's it's not disruptive. It's the opposite to disruptive. I think people like for some reason there's there's something that's happened with people within the sort of sphere of like authentic humans. They're going like, nah, but this is this is cool because we're like taking back a trope and it used to be unhealthy, toxic Barbie. And actually now it's like a social justice tool. And you're like, no, it's not. 
Yeah, and I mean, the thing to remember about this is, and I think this is a key thing, Mattel spent $100 million on marketing this year alone. It hasn't even been, well, we had half the year, let's say. So yeah. this movie, what they've been doing is promoing in subliminal ways are programming us to mm. want to like this movie in a million different ways coming up to this. And it's impossible with the level of social media exposure that we have now to not be subliminally influenced. Mm. And I think that that's something we have to stop and really think about. Like, are we going to the Barbie movie because we genuinely want to go to the Barbie movie? Maybe we have little kids who've always loved Barbie and we're going mm. with them for fun. Or are we a group of adult women who've all decided that actually Barbie's really fun and really empowering and we're going to go and stand in the Barbie clothes in a life-size Barbie box and take photos of ourselves looking like a grown-up Barbie? And if we are, is it because it's empowering or fun or is it because we've been told by Mattel Mm. who make Barbie and are going to make billions and billions, untold billions from the movie Mm. and the subsequent sales of Barbie's art. So in 2019, they made 2 billion, sorry, $1.185 billion from Barbie sales. Imagine what they're going to be this year. Already the, what you call it, Barbie's, um, our friend who's the main star. Margot Robbie. Margot. Her Barbies have sold out. That doll has sold out. We're going to talk about the pressures on factories in a second. But yeah, so like the commercial imperative is vast like it's a machine it's huge and they did it they were very smart about it Mm. like if you were going to make a barbie movie you'd know okay how can i make this it can't just market to kids Mm. we need adults to get into it as well how are we going to do that okay we're going to get a really cool female director Mm. we know that we need to get a female director because female directors don't get enough spotlight they're not getting airtime they're not getting awards so we need to get a cool female director director we need to make it seem like it's subversive mm. we need to make it seem like it's about post-patriarchal subjects that are going to empower women and go like hey this is fun and it's also empowering and you can go with your girls and it's a bit like sex in the city it's kind of the sex exactly. in the city it for is. this generation it's that, it's yeah. that. Um, and on the surface the thing is I put out a load of stories on social media this week just going, what on earth? Why is everyone going to Barbie? I don't get it. And lots of people were saying the same thing as me. But lots and lots of people were going, you have to go and see the movie. It's actually really empowering. It's actually really about diversity. It's actually really inclusive. And it made everyone feel really, really good. And I was like, oh God, really? Have I misunderstood it? So I watched the trailers. We did a lot of research on it. We talked to a lot of people. We looked into a lot of things that we're talking about now. And I agree that on the surface, it does seem like it's a fun female-led movie about empowerment and turning those kind of tropes on their head. Um, But when you scratch that surface even just a tiny bit, Mm -hmm. you realise that actually that's just a veneer that they've painted over everything to make you feel comfortable in spending your money going and comfortable then buying the Barbie outfits for adults, let's just be clear all of the amazing collaborations that have happened with Zara and different companies online that have made Barbie outfits from things people wore in the movie. Mm. And everyone's buying them and then they're doing them online and talking about which one is the best one. They they make, like there's consumerism on every single, there are offshoots on every Mm. single level of this. And I guess what I want to question is people like Margot Robbie, like the producer, like... Mattel, like all the people involved with that movie, because there's some seriously big names in it, they have a responsibility Mm. to check, like, is this actual female empowerment or are we just saying it's female empowerment? And the first thing that we have to ask around that is going back to the origin of Barbie's Mm. toxic history, which is when it first came out and everyone had it. it, Barbie's, you know, figure 
is actually an impossibility. Like a physical woman could never have that figure. They could never have that face. Mm. Um, and it led generations of women to think like, this is the ideal woman. This is what I should look like. And Barbie was promoted like women can have it all. They can be anything. They, they have limitless potential. They use that phrase in the film a lot. But actually we, we can't have it all unless we look to surgery. That yeah. There is no way that we can look like her and have the Barbie lifestyle. Yeah, the unfortunate thing here is we're, we're dealing in a, an area of great speculation, right? Because mm-hmm. the huge speculation as you look online is, you know, has Margot Robbie had plastic surgery for the Barbie role? And I don't think that matters. I think the point is that actually the, the aesthetic that, that Margot Robbie attaches to is the aesthetic actually most in demand before Barbie ever came along at aesthetic surgery. So people are going and going, I want to look like Margot Robbie, make me look like her. So she is Barbie, essentially, to people, you know? And for those people who are vulnerable enough to want to make significant surgical changes to their body because they feel uncomfortable enough with the body that they were given, that they're inhabiting, that their life and whatever else has come along to become, those people are the people who are spending, you know, tens of millions a year on the sorts of surgeries that are going to make them look like Margot Robbie. And of course, Margot Robbie is the perfect, like if you're researching who do we make play Barbie, well, let's see who people want to look like in aesthetic surgery terms. It's Margot Robbie, we're done. And that's the real reckless irresponsibility number one of this movie is that it is like in an environment where there is already, as we know, the most pressure on young girls and guys, but particularly young girls to look a certain way aesthetically and to be programmed in a way that isn't about just going to the gym, but is actually about like using fillers, using Botox, getting, you know, more surgical things like uh, like uh, like liposuction, like breast augmentation, like thigh, hip, bum implants, etc. In an environment where that is already such a social problem to then chuck Margot Robbie as the face of Barbie in and to say like, oh, no, no, but it's OK. We got like, you know, diversity Barbies as well. We've got like not all of them are the stereotypical Barbie nobody's dressing up, like you said, as diversity Barbie. And as you'll see when we talk about it, when we untangle this, diversity Barbie doesn't exist. Like, it's a figment. I really want to swear that, but it really is a figment. We've really lost our minds here on, like, what the barometer actually... And maybe just briefly, just to to read you the description of, like... So it claims to be a social justice or a film for social justice, right? So if we just read very quickly what the definition of social justice is, right? It's justice in terms of the distribution of wealth, opportunities and privileges within a society. Think about what that means and fundamentally, like, do the opportunities, like, do, do are, are, by, by putting Margot Robbie out there as the, you know, the, the example of a woman who's like, you know, latching on to her free choice and experiencing her first adult emotions and going, oh, okay, I'm, I'm dealing with death and big ideas and, but she still looks like Barbie and that's the important part. You're not, she not, she doesn't change physically to look like she's aging. She doesn't change physically. It looks like actually like I'm going to sit on the couch this evening and the result of that is I'll be a little bit overweight and I'll be fine with that. She doesn't. She still looks like Barbie in Barbie land, outside Barbie land. It doesn't matter. And the problem, like if you look at the, the sort of like amounts of uh, of aesthetic surgeries happening at the moment. Like we just looked at some statistics. So the statistics are crazy. Will I read them? Yeah. Read a couple. Okay. So uh, of all aesthetic procedures, right? So there's, there was a, a 50% jump from 2020 to 2021. There was the, the, the increase uh, over the last four years. That's like, there's been a 33% year on year increase every year over the last four years from, from 20. 18 through to 2020, yeah, to, through to 2021, right? So we, that's the latest figures we can find. 
both surgical and non-surgical procedures so increased since the last survey, with a significant increase of 54% in non-surgical procedures in the last four years. 54%. So that's... Half of people. 50, so that's like like a certain amount of people doing it, now 50% more people. Half of that group, again, are doing it. So that's like Botox, that's like lip fillers, and the sort of cosmetic, non-surgical, but yet they still involve needles sorts of interventions. Then when you get into cosmetic surgeries, so this is crazy as well. So uh, liposuction is the most common cosmetic surgical procedure, more than 1.9 million procedures. This is in, in the US alone, and a 24% increase in one year. So like more than a quarter increase in one year. And like that's already two years old. And when you look at like the Barbie movie, you just know it, that it's going to explode because people are already people are already trying to make themselves look like Barbie before the movie ever came along. It was a big deal, right? Yeah, and I think what's interesting is when I talked about this online, people were like, no, 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 it used to be like that. It used to be that Barbie was really toxic in terms of influence on people's looks. Mm. But now it's actually really diverse and it's been mm. really good for stereotypes like anti-stereotyping and there's you know asian barbies and there's plus size barbies and there's barbies in wheelchairs and there's all this kind of stuff and so initially i was like oh maybe i've just kind of got that wrong but Mm. when you actually look into it what you realize is that ever since barbie was created and you look into cosmetic surgery procedures you talk to cosmetic surgeons you look online the barbie look Barbieism has been one of the most requested looks ever since Barbie was created, and it still is today, with mm. people spending millions to transform themselves into living dolls. The doll look is so big that there are a whole subsection, a seedy subsection of Instagram is all all has this thing called doll pages, and they're like Pre- prepping women. prepping pages essentially for for aesthetic surgery. So it's like they're essentially where somebody's gone through lots of aesthetic surgery and the surgeons even attach themselves to these accounts as well. So the surgeons get their own hashtags like hashtag da 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 doll like so that these people are the dolls of those surgeons. It's literally Frankenstein. Like it's literally Frankenstein. It's like going in if you want to change this body part you Mm. want to change this body part this is what you can do to Mm. look more like a doll. Yeah. Because that's the Barbie transfer isn't it? You can be like oh I'll put this dress on today and this dress on tomorrow and I'll be like cosmic barbie today and beach party barbie tomorrow and you know snow jet ski whatever barbie tomorrow uh like the thing is that this isn't about changing your clothes this is about changing your body parts fundamentally altering them at great personal expense and with no thought or knowledge even and no education around the long-term consequences for those choices both medically and financially the whole lot and yeah and psychologically psychologically Mm. i just think that there's when you look into it that the plastic surgeon's have a thing now that they talk about called the Barbie complex and it's where women come in with extreme wishes as in they've spent so much money on plastic surgery to transform themselves to looking like Barbie Mm. that they call it the Barbie complex as in they'll say like if this person has the Barbie complex we won't give them more surgery because it's Mm. like psychologically unsound now that doesn't come from nowhere that doesn't mean that no one wants to look like Barbie that means that so many women are going to such extreme lengths to look like Barbie that they've actually had to coin a phrase to go we can't treat those people who want that Barbie procedure so much even five years ago, there were new Barbie procedures coming out. Plastic surgeons were creating new Barbie procedures. One of them was called the Barbie Back. And it was where women... This is so gross. There's, there's two gross things I just want to say. Firstly, women wanted to get a back that looked like the back of Barbie, as in the little dimples just above her bottom, which are just on a plastic cute, doll. Cute Barbie dimples? And a back that is shaped like this. Does she have dimples on her, on her back on the Barbie doll? I didn't know right, that. Apparently, okay. according to the article. Bum um, dimples. Bum dimples. And so people get a Barbie back where they, they can get ribs, bottom ribs removed to make the Barbie back look like a V and then get the dimples implanted into their back. And it was a really a high rising 
cosmetic procedure. Mm. This was five years ago. This was before this movie. Mm. Then we read even more disturbingly that <laughs> there are it's so it's just so disgusting. It's making me laugh. There are procedures where after having had given birth to a baby, women's vaginas might change, their labia might change shape. And plastic surgeons, apparently, it's like a common phrase amongst plastic surgeons, of we can just give you like a little nip and a tuck to give you the Barbie look. Because Barbie doesn't have any visible genitalia. So they just cut your labia and make it all neat and tidy so that it gives you the Barbie look. And they said it was received so well that now it's commonly known among the plastic surgeon trade that people go in asking for the Barbie look. And when you look that up online, the people who are most asking for the Barbie look genitalia are mid-teens. Wow. GPs in the UK were saying it's one of the rising requests among pre-teens is to have labia that look like Barbie. Barbie doesn't have genitalia. Mm. So if women are wanting to look like Barbie's genitalia, which she doesn't have any, mm. that's like profoundly shocking. So now all those statistics, bearing them in mind, everything that we've just said, do you think that it's important that the people making a Barbie movie and Margot Robbie and the director who's a woman have a responsibility to think about how this is going to impact mm. the people consuming the movie. Yeah. And of have you heard us have do. you heard a single like statement or anything from Greta talking about that stuff or from Margot or of course not from Mattel, but like from those thinking women, you know, quote unquote, to to not to not even address the topic seems I don't know. It's it's weird. It's like everyone's just got, like I said, it's like this amnesia thing. You're like, hang on a minute. Do you not realize that there's going to be a fallout from this that's going to be really destructive, like really destructive to young women, like not empowering, the essentially like disempowerment. Yeah, Literally yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. I think there has to be some kind of consequence. There's going to be a consequence. There's already a back, because this is a backdrop. This is like a tinderbox backdrop mm. that we're talking about. Mm. Mounting, rising surgeries, non-surgical interventions, then this Barbie movie that just explodes across the world with huge backing to the point where if you type in Barbie, do it now to your Google, start, pink start, your whole Google turns pink and pink stars start appearing across your screen. Like they literally change the page of Google. Can you imagine how much money that costs? So you Well, actually it doesn't because it really facilitates both, both, you know, uh, what's it called? Um, corporate social economic mm. responsibility and whereas like this movie has been sold as such mm. for people to think that that's actually enhancing mm. and augmenting their image in terms of corporate social responsibility and so of course they're like Ooh, like sure we're on board that works Women but empowerment. I, ugh, empowerment's interesting speaking about like you said asian barbie what about asian barbie empowerment i wonder if you're to go to the factories in china because i think one of the the, the most fundamental parts of this where it goes really wrong is when you look into the production of barbie dolls because that's what this is designed to do right this film is a licensing agreement between mattel and margot robbie's own production company's name i can't remember to to make money right it's to make that's what movies are designed to do like the movie itself is going what it's going to gross ridiculous money anyway this year so where's that money going well, a bunch of it is going to Mattel. A bunch of it's gone. Who knows what Margot's going to do with her half? Will she give it to charity? Who knows? I sort of doubt it. Even if she gives less than like 50%, it's wrong. Anyway, because she's getting a fee. She's an actress. She'll be fine. So she doesn't need the money. Let's be fair. And if we're talking about social justice, we're talking about equality of opportunity. Equality of opportunity means like we give out a chunk of our wealth in order to balance things out, right? Mattel. Okay, so Mattel produce 
in factories around China. Uh, where else did we read Thailand. that? Thailand. They were in the Philippines. They moved out of there because there were concerns. I don't know. You go to you go to China and Thailand. There are like people who are doing exposés of the sorts of human rights abuses and the and, and the worker conditions in those factories that are going to produce us. Not like we'll get into the plastics themselves, but like the actual what we're putting women through to produce the Barbie dolls that women are going to go out and buy for their kids or dads are going to go out and buy for their kids or kids are going to buy themselves with their pocket money. It's so wrong. It's just such a it's an upside down world. It was already an upside down world. The weird part is that like it's a double double down on the upside downness that now suddenly like Barbie equals social justice. It's the opposite to social justice. So when you go to those factories, you see um, people who are paid less than four dollars a day. You see they're they're not protected from the from the toxic paints they're using, from the stuff that they go to make the polyvinyl chloride that goes into them. They, they, like, they're expected to buy their own uniforms, buy their own scissors to, to, to stitch these things together. They have to make one Barbie doll every 30 minutes. They're under the gun. They don't make it the right. They can't afford to feed their family. How does that feel, Barbie? I don't know. And so then when they have, like, all of these toxins exposures, what they're prioritizing is like, no, but I got to produce fast. Mm. I can't afford protective clothing. I can't afford a mask. And some places they're given surgical masks, but surgical masks, they don't protect us from aerosol. Oh, what does that remind you of? Something else that happened kind of recently where everyone was told mask wearing is definitely the answer. Bullshit, I call bullshit. Aerosolized uh, plastic off-gassing things, they're dangerous enough once they get into our houses and they're dangerous if your kids start to nibble them. But at the factory where those things are being poured into into the molds, like there are women who can't afford gloves and they've got blisters from, it's like, it's insane. It makes me so angry to think that like, this is now being sold as like Barbie is like the representation for like balancing the books. Like, what is it? Yeah, it's really, it's so gross because What's interesting is that when I was writing about it on social media and people were coming back at me going, no, actually, this is so Barbie's actually really empowering for women. And it's got all this diversity and it's, you know, promoting all these different types of women. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Have I just misunderstood this? Have I just and people have said things like you're making presumptions. You've prejudged this and it's actually not about this at all. You're assuming go see the movie because you're assuming mm-hmm. it's wrong. And I did. I stopped and I thought, well, maybe maybe I have got this wrong. And then it was like, well, hang on, who this actually, the difference is, and and you mentioned this before, but it's really important to highlight it because people are going to go, well, this is just a fun movie. This is a fun thing. You're just Mm. being killjoys. Like it's fun to go to a movie and it's absolutely right. It is fun to go to a movie. The thing is, this isn't a movie. This is a movie that's attached to a huge multi-billion corporation that Mm. produces Barbies. They didn't make the movie because they were like, oh, let's make a movie. They were like, let's make a movie that's going to make millions of dollars and then sell millions and millions of Barbies. Mm. So we have to understand that there's a there's a nat- natural imperative here for consumerism that means that we have a responsibility to look at what the long-reaching consequences of not just going to see the movie are, but if it's promoting a product, it's a bit like going, I'm going to go see a movie about Nestle. Mm. And then afterwards, loads of people are going to buy Nestle products. Mm. Like, are we going to think about it and go like, well, is Nestle good? Do, do we want to promote loads of Nestle mm. products? What about Coca-Cola? Like, do we want to? And so we need to look into that product. So that's what we did. We looked into how are Barbies produced? Like, are they good for the environment? Are they good for the workers? Who are the workers? As it turns out, they're all women. Mm. All of them are women. Mm. So is it a women empowerment thing? Well, yes, if they're in amazing factories. Yes, if they're paid really well. Yes, mm. if they're in great working conditions. If their kids are looked after. If they're really healthy, they live really long lives. If they, they are given all the opportunities that Barbie can have, that women can be anything. They don't limitless, have to right? marry. Limitless mm. potential. Mm. They, they can have any job they want. They don't have to even marry a man. They don't mm. have to marry Ken. They can just do whatever they want. Like, 
Not actually true, as it turns out. We found all of those, um, and I'm just going to read you from their China factory. So this was in 2020. So this was before. So last year, they sold 60 million Barbies a year, right? That was mm. before this movie. So how many is going to happen after this movie? Who knows? At mm. that point, when 60 million Barbies were produced a year, the workers in the factory in China have... Their production line target is 1,300 to 1,400 products a day. So workers only have 30 minutes for a meal. They have to work 10 hours a day from Monday to Saturday. They have to produce over 100 products an hour. So you said 30, 30 minutes for Bobby, but it's 100 products an hour. Not per person. Workers have to produce 100 products per hour. So Whoa. they can complete the production. So they have to stay late to complete the production target. They Whoa. generally put in 80 overtime hours a month. Sometimes they had delays of 30 minutes getting off work as they were required to stay back and complete the production target. I'm going to pause on that one. And the 80, 80 overtime hours. So there's a legal limit in China of working 36 overtime hours per month, right? So that's like your 160 hour work week plus 36 hours. That's a long, it's a long month, but people could do it, right? Uh, you, the, av the, the average or people are often reported to be working 156 overtime hours. That's like double a working month. And that's just because they're going to fire. They're going to get fired. They're going to lose their job if they don't. They're, they're literally under the pump to that degree. The legal, legal, legal amount that they were saying was 36 hours per month. And what most of these factories do is they get into bed with the politicians and they get special dispensation to, to claim certain like well-phrased types of labor, ex labor law exemptions so that they can keep their production targets. Because also Mattel are pushing the factories because they make these short-term production agreements. They're like, you don't produce this amount of Barbies. In, in the next six months, we're going to move to another factory. So they're like, okay, well, we just got to pressure our workers as well. So nobody's given the opportunity. And Mattel ultimately is the one who's responsible for creating those conditions. Yeah. They said that they found psychological violence in workplace of the factory. For example, the team leader and assistant team leaders would scold workers who are working slowly, even calling them stupid C word that ends in it. And um, after a worker was injured, this person was in the factory doing it. I suppose they saw a worker being injured and the workshop team leader scolded the injured worker for not being careful enough and warned them never to report it to the factory. Apparently, they ignored workers' requests for masks. They were passive-aggressive, ignoring workers who asked not to work over time. And the workers had such psychological pressure to complete targets that they couldn't. They felt like they couldn't ask for protective equipment that weren't being provided for them. The investigator who went in wasn't shown how to use the laminator for the Barbies and burnt her hands multiple times. Workers in the spray painting workshop were exposed to chemicals every day and workers had paint all over their face and in their nostrils after work. They weren't provided with a special protective mask that can't, apart from a surgical mask, which can't properly filter the harmful mm. aerosol, like you said. And workers were using this thinner, the paint thinner, and they weren't doing it with gloves, so they had ulcers all over their hands. Others had skin redness, swelling, itching. They weren't allowed to go to clinics. And in one of the articles that we read, they were saying that 75% of the workers had chronic lung disease from inhaling the chemicals. It's a Barbie world. Like, what? It's a Barbie world. That's not so empowering. Not, so mm. just, just to clarify, is that empowering for mm. women? Does it feel like we've turned all those tropes on the head? It, ju it just doesn't feel like yeah. that. It's just we're happy to ignore them as long as like, there's a digestible message being fed to us on the top. And that's not social justice. It's mm. the opposite. And now mm. it would be very different if this movie and Margot Robbie and the director and all the different people involved had gone, OK, we're making the movie and we've made a pledge. Now we've we realised mm. that we need to change. Mm. There's going to be franchises. There's going to be all sorts of deals after this. 
Um, we're going to produce millions more Barbies. We need to change. We're going to take it out of the factories. We're going to give fair pay to the workers. We're going to do all these. And we're going to make eco-friendly Barbies yeah. that are not made from plastic shit that's poisoning our world, our environment, the people who make it, and our children. But they haven't done that. I'll tell you a secret. I know why. Because they can't. Because they literally can't. Because you can't produce Barbies for the price that they need to to, to sell them at that we would be able to afford from plastic from things that feel and look like the things that were familiar like doll type plastics and rubbers and latex and these sorts of things there just isn't the system why isn't there because nobody's decided that there has to be the system instead we're being told we have to like not drive around anymore but like if you, if you look at them <laughs> you know where i'm going with this one so in so so, so 60, 60 million barbies got produced last year the amount of petroleum that was produced in order to just generate the petroleum-based plastics in order to make those 60 million Barbies was 1.7 billion litres? Mm -hmm. Yes, 1.7 billion litres of, of gasoline, of petroleum. That is equivalent to 250,000 individuals' personal transportation petroleum uses in a year. So if we're getting around and um, we're being told we're not allowed to drive cars anymore because that's not sustainable... Is anybody talking about the fact that big industries like this are like if they stop producing Barbies, a quarter of a million people will be able to go, oh, listen, I don't worry about my, I'm not going to worry about my road use this year. Like none of this is sustainable. And you can see it's all greenwashing. There's nothing underlying this that's real in terms of climate change, that's real in terms of social justice, that's real in terms of like addressing the plundering of the planet and its resources. Like it's the opposite. Like it's like a petroleum free Barbie. I'd probably do that even if there was a bit of slavery or a slavery free Barbie if there was a bit of petroleum. But there's nothing. There's just nothing in it. There's no good bits. Of it. And the thing is about that, that statistic, which is so staggering, is that's just the Barbie. You mm. tell me loads of other things, yeah. right? That's just the gasoline from just the Barbie production. That's yeah. not talking about all the clothes, the plastic synthetic clothes they make to mm. put on those Barbies, yeah. or the hats or the shoes or any of that stuff. It's also not talking about the clothes, clothing deals that are going along with the movie. Mm. So, so there's so much more of a cost. And we talk about cost, like, is it socially inclusive? Do people who are in these poorer countries and poor areas, they buy Barbies? Mm. Can they afford to buy Barbies? Definitely not. They're having to buy cheap Barbie knockoffs. Because they it's can't kind of afford to buy those bobbies. That just yeah. doesn't feel very empowering. It's also the easy. ultimate the ultimate insult. Like, I know there's a diversity Barbie doll you can buy, but I would imagine that let's say I'm gonna go 90%, and I'd say I'm being conservative, of those Barbies being produced are the conventional, stereotypical blonde Barbie. All those Asian workers are sitting there going, like, is this actually what I should look like? And there's all sorts of interesting studies around. Remember we were doing that research last year about kids with dolls and actually when the kids are looking at the dolls, they're seeing their own, like say, let's say they're a person of color and they're seeing the white doll. They're going like, my skin is the wrong color. This doll says I should look like this and this doll is a beautiful doll and this is what the world says is a beautiful doll. I don't care about diversity Barbie because let's honest, like are diversity Barbies on the poster? No, Margot Robbie's on the poster and that's really what the message is. Like, the, the 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 singular like uh, myopic vision of Western beauty and Western ideals and Western freedoms and Western whatever it is like you know wars for democracy all this bullshit that's all that's being trotted out here. There's nothing new in it. There's nothing disruptive and there's nothing good for the planet or for you or for me. The thing is, is people are going to say, well, in the Barbie movie, they said like she is the stereotypical Barbie and mm. it did have a history and all the thing and now she's trying to change that. She doesn't want to be a part of it anymore. Mm. But the problem is, is it doesn't actually matter what she's saying because people don't remember that. They remember the movie poster. They yeah. remember the clothes she was wearing. And they remember that the lead star, the one who was paid the most, who was promoted the most, 
is stereotypical Barbie. Mm. If the movie had been made about the diversity Barbie, mm. any one of the diversity Barbies, then that, that would actually be something that was disruptive. Mm. But it wasn't. It was made about blonde Barbie, the one that caused all the damage at that time. And it's irrelevant what they said, because the girls are going to want to look like Marco Robbie. They're not going to want to look like the other ones. Yeah. So let's come back to the plastics, though, because this is really important. Someone said to me in the thing, when I was talking about it on social media, they were like, you know what, that's really important is that kids spend so much time on screens now. And actually playing with dolls is really healthy. And we need to go back to playing with dolls. And that's a really important point. And, and it's true, like playing with dolls, or sticks or hoops or whatever it is, is much better, of course, than, than screen time. However, that was probably back when dolls weren't made with loads of the toxic chemicals. Oh, they're, they used to be worse, I think, I believe. Apparently so. Apparently, they were more basic, but worse, actually, yeah. Although we just looked that okay. up today and said that oh. they changed all the phthalates and... Oh, that's it. Oh, yeah. Which is ah, now actually yes. worse than that thing in the first place. That's true, yeah, so that's very true. So I don't know whether yeah. it's worse. It's just another one of those things where we go like, oh, remember MSG? That's terrible. We've taken that out. No, hmm. we put a Spartan. Yeah. And you're like... Oh, okay, that sounds good. Is it? No one knows. We haven't looked up. Oh, actually, it turns out it's terrible. Cause of cancer. Anyway, point B, mm. that if your kids are playing with dolls, great if that doll is a really good representation of something that they could look like when they're older. Great if that doll is something that's really healthy for them to play with. But if when they're playing with that doll, they might put it in their mouth, if they're holding it in their hands and they're ingesting microplastics, if they're inhaling the off-gassing, and that's actually causing disruption to the endocrine system it's causing disruption to their airways it has car known carcinogens in it that doesn't seem that healthy mm. it doesn't seem like a good like i don't know that we can like if barbie was made out of something that was eco-friendly good for the planet and good for kids absolutely kids should be playing with dolls but also barbie isn't just a barbie it's not like one of those like waldorf dolls where it just comes and it doesn't really have expressions and you use yourself and your imagination to play with it. It comes with like, I'm Ski Barbie and tomorrow I'm going to be like Radio Barbie and then I'm going to be like Worker Barbie. Whatever. Yeah. And to get what, that... What about like, I've got a crippling mortgage Barbie. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. like, I can't have, afford two holidays a year Barbie. You yeah. have to buy those. Yeah. It's, I don't think that's not good because then the mm. kids are wanting more and more stuff and mm. all that stuff is made for plastic, yeah. encased in plastic. And this, let's just be clear, launched in July. Mm. And this July is... Plastic free July. Yeah. It, and it's mind boggling to me. All these people on social media putting hashtag Barbie, hashtag Barbie, and then also talking about hashtag plastic free July mm. in the same like grid. And no one's going, oh, hang on. That actually doesn't make that much sense, does it? Because it's not like Mattel went, oh, we're going to get rid of all plastics mm. or we're going to give out the Barbies with no plastics around them. We're not going to, we're going to get rid of plastics in the factory because it's poisoning our oceans and our people who are making it and our kids. They did it. Mm. And everyone's just like, cool. Let's get those plastics. In fact, let's buy the clothes made of plastic and put them on our own bodies to look like Barbie. Yeah, exactly. And that's and that's the other big thing because we're also so it's plastic free July. Everyone's like hashtag end to fast fashion. I like fast fashion is is something that we've known about as being a problem for well what ten years now at this stage. Like the idea that having a wardrobe full of let's say twenty pairs of shoes instead of the three we regularly wear, like buying one well, like single time single use outfits is like not a sustainable way to to think about, you know, not only our own pocket but also like the the life cycle of a product where it goes after how it was produced, where it was produced, who produced it, all these sorts of things that feed into that fast fashion thing. And essentially, Barbie is like. A fast fashion dreamscape like it, it like uh, the idea that you dress her in an outfit every day like that 
that's that's un- undermining all that we kind of have have got to this point and where people have it, it's so, it's so frustrating because when we've had these conversations so many times before and like we all have failings we all we're all human we all have moments where you have a plastic thing i'm recording on a goddamn iphone that was produced in foxconn where there's people being horribly treated but give me a sustainably sourced version of that they don't exist again like the barbie the sustainable version of it it doesn't exist how on earth do we address this so that we can not be killjoys have some fun make sure that we're not hurting other people and that i mean not just people our neighbors people everywhere not just people who are like looking to get access to my local cafe or looking to you know have a bathroom that suits them in the local school like i want to think about those people like those eight billion people around the planet who are doing a lot worse than us like how can we address this in such a way that we're not being killjoys but we actually have a planet that we can like like fundamentally from A to Z have, you know, full satisfaction and transparency, knowing that we've, we paid a fair price, we're earning a fair wage ourselves. Like, is it even possible? My mind is is exploding because the amount of like blind eyes being turned to, to so many topics in order to facilitate this, the Barbie machine, like Greta Gerwig said, like, about the the sequel she was like will there be another barbie she's like oh it's not if it's when you like you just know what's coming it's a franchise they're just building franchises i just saw like ninja turtles is coming out soon indiana jones is back again mattel is really good pals with hasbro hasbro and mattel apparently you're talking about doing deals with putting the barbie world inside like a marvel universe like what is going on like can we not see past those things? A, like a bit of ingenuity, please. Like, Jesus Christ, Barbie's 70, 80 years old. Do we still need to rehash that, like, ancient idea? Like, there's just nothing good about it. Like, nothing good about it. I'm really sorry to to to, to sound moany, but, like, I've never really come across something that so perfectly encapsulated everything I hate about the world. It's like, it's like, there's, 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 there's such a lack of, like, joined up thinking. And, like, when like they they received the the Barbie movie received some sort of sustainability award for how they were like you know uh, eco- ecologically conscious on set and you're like so that e- ecological consciousness so that was like they used less plastics on set like there, there was probably like zero waste cups given to the sta- to the crew and the cast but like you only have to step like two feet outside that to see the impact it's having on the rest of the planet and like wh- how and, and just pause for a second right they received that award. Who who gave them the award, I wonder? What are the statistics for the award? What we do know is true alongside that is on that set, they used so much pink paint to create the set that they caused a worldwide shortage in the Barbie pink paint. Not in the eco-friendly Barbie pink paint. Let's just yeah, clear. They didn't exist. get eco-friendly paint. Yeah, yeah. They used normal paint, which mm. is really toxic. So they used enough eco non-eco-friendly Barbie pink paint on that set, which is a disposable set, Mm. that they caused a worldwide shortage. That just doesn't seem so eco-friendly that it should win an award. So it's like, the thing is, is when you hear these things, it's that greenwashing thing that when we go into schools, we talk about, we get told, like, they're really eco-friendly. That's an eco-friendly thing. Use your tote bags. They're really eco-friendly. And then when you actually look into it, you realise, oh, they're actually not eco-friendly at all. So when you hear, like, they obviously knew we need to make sure that we seem eco-friendly because Barbie's a plastic thing, so we have this set. But it's just ticking some stupid boxes that mean absolutely nothing if they're then going to go on and send, sell, you know, six billion plastic Barbie dolls. That You can't win an eco-friendly award for that. And those dolls that are meant to be so good for the kids, firstly, they're making kids sick. That's just the fact of it when you look into it. But it's also priming kids to think that they should look like the dolls they're playing with and that, that the aspirational lifestyle 
is Barbie's lifestyle where you can change career all the time. You can change your clothes every single day and you can consume at that level. Mm-hmm. And that's literally, they're literally programming kids to consume, to want to consume, to create that fast fashion. And at the same time as they're programming the kids, they're programming the adults because they're creating those collaborations with Barbie that are things that people aren't ever going to wear again. They're just going to wear them to the Barbie movie or when they're promoting Barbie on Instagram and they're getting paid to promote it. So simultaneously, they're promoting the kids and they're priming the kids and the mums to want to consume more fast fashion. Mm. Like, it's so clever. It's like a, it's like an actual... It's, it's genius. Like a genius. It's a magic trick. No yeah. wonder they mm. spent, a, a what is it, a 100 million on marketing this year because mm. it's millions of minds. And this is what you have to remember when you come back to it and you think, God, they're so annoying. We just went to a movie and had some fun. You have to remember this is, these people created this. They created the want in you. They created the hype. That yeah. movie. They created mm. that hype. Mm through millions of hours of marketing research to go, what is the one thing that I can say? What is the one thing I can put on the poster? What is the one music that I can do that's going to make enough people forget their scruples and go, actually, this seems really fun. I'm just going to go along and stand in a giant Barbie box. And it's not really any harm to everyone. It's just a fun movie and it's about empowerment. Like you have to remember that people consciously manipulated the marketing in a way to make you forget those things so that you would buy into the thing and buy into it for your kids and forget that behind the scene are these Barbies that they're trying to sell that are being made by workers in factories where the workers are sick, they're getting paid rubbish hours. The off-runs from the factories are so toxic, they're polluting the earth and then still toxic when they're in the box that we open from it so that they're off-gassing at our kids and then creating toxic patterns in our kids that are ultimately going to make them less healthy and less happy. It it just, Mm. it seems like the absolute... 100 steps back in women empowerment it just doesn't feel like it's a reinvention of women empowerment it doesn't feel like we're getting away from patriarchy or doing anything that's forwarding women's development and the development of the planet yes so speaking of progress what can you do because you can do something about this right so hats off to you mattel (laughs) like margot etc you've done an amazing job at hypnotizing people To break the hypnotism, break the hypnotist spell, all you have to do is remember, democracy is dead, but consumerism is where you place your vote. So we're feeding the demon here. We're feeding the hype by talking about Barbie. And that's really dangerous. We recognize we're operating inside that space where we're putting into media space the word Barbie, more Barbie this, Barbie that, good good press, bad press, doesn't matter. What you can't then do, if you can try to unhook yourself from the matrix. What you can't then do is then go, but I'm curious about it, so I'm gonna go and see it. Because if you vote and you go in there and you pay your 10 euros or your 15 euros and you go see the movie, Mattel goes, cool, more of this for you. And that's how the world works. That's what keeps this machine turning. And the way to break the machine, all you have to do is go, I'm not going. I'm not talking about it. And that's it. Like, I'm out. I'm going to go and see Oppenheimer instead. Do something else. You know, do anything else with your night, frankly. It'll be better for the planet than joining Barbie Land. And if there is, as they said, going to be millions of franchises and other movies, we need to be, like, writing. We need to be talking on social media about going, cool, you need to have a responsibility to change your factory practices. If you were looking after women, look after those women. We, we need to demand change for the future because they have a chance to change now. If we use our voices, they could change those lives of those factory workers. They could change production. They could change all of those things for the next time. But they're not going to if we go, we don't mind. We like it the way that it is. We're happy to keep buying it and buying into it as it is. So we have to stand up and say, cool, 
we're interested if you are, but these changes have to be made. We for now. To demand change. Yeah, for now, boycott Barbie Land. Hashtag boycott Barbie Land. Let's do it. I think that's enough moaning for one day. All that remains is to say thank you to our sponsors who make good things. Good things for the planet. Good things that you can wear that won't put toxins inside your body, that didn't put toxins inside the planet, that paid the people fair wages for what they made in the day, that helped their families during COVID. Our clothes. I'm actually pointing at our old series of clothes. This beautiful, unique thing. You can't even get it. And the rest of our new series are also nearly sold out. There are only a handful of our organic fair traded capsule collection of Wandering to Wellness clothing on our website, thewanderingintowellnessproject.com. You'll see the links below. And also our fantastic partner, Clear Light Saunas. We're about to get our own website. Whoop! Clear Light Saunas are going to be making uh, a beautiful Irish website so you can go and learn about how we like to indulge in sauna. Why sauna is one of the best things that you will pay for once in your life. When you buy a Clear Light Sauna, it is guaranteed for a lifetime. It is the opposite to fast fashion or fast health or whatever they call them, what they call it. You hop into that sauna, you spend 30, 30 minutes in there three or four times a week. And within that, you are prolonging your life. You're reducing your risk of heart disease, diabetes, cancer, all that sort of stuff. You're also feeling good. You're doing something good for yourself. You're doing it in a way that you can invite your family in. You can just, you become a mouthpiece as I've become at this point for, for selling good health. Uh, community saunas, they're in Finland, they're all around the place. Let's bring them to Ireland as well. Let's get your own sauna. If you want to do that, come and talk to us. Uh, go on to clearlightsaunas.eu in the meantime. Uh, email us when you want details and codes for discounts. And please, if you enjoyed this rant, uh, like and subscribe so that you can keep hearing what our latest offerings are going to be. You can help us keep getting this message out to other people. You can find our entire back catalogue of podcasts that we've done to date on the Wandering Into Wellness Project. You can also work with us one-to-one um, and hire us to talk at your school, at your business, or to create a whole unique bespoke talk for your event. Mm. So find us there. And thank you so much for watching. Yeah. Are we getting it right? Are we getting it wrong? Let us know in the comments below. All we know, we are not joining Barbie Land. Hashtag ban Barbie Land. Bye.